welcome to the Clockwork Game Design Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Bergun. Today on the program, I have Alexander King, who is a professor at NYU Game Center. Uh, yes, I am trying to collect them all. He also teaches at the Parsons School of Design. Uh, he's got some interesting classes. He's been tweeting about them recently, which kind of spurred my interest to have him on the show. One of his classes that he talks about a lot is his math for game designers class. And so I, as someone who just, my relationship with math is very, at least explicit math, is very um, distant, I guess I would say. I, I don't, uh, I certainly don't think of myself as a math person. I haven't learned much math in, in terms of trigonometry or anything beyond 10th grade math, more or less. And yet I feel that there's, you know, I, I it's obvious to me that the way that our school system deals with math uh, is almost designed to make people not interested in it. And um, I also understand that in the same way that economics, you know, having gone through a political science degree and seeing how economics is taught, I understand that a, a subject as taught in public schools is not necessarily a good reflection of what that subject could be capable of. And so you know, I, I was very interested to have this conversation uh, with someone who knows uh, more about this topic, and uh, I'm really glad I did. It went really well, and uh, we touch on a bunch of different topics, including incremental games and how math should be taught and all kinds of things. So without any further ado, my conversation with Alexander King. Um, and I really like your Twitter handle, by the way, literally a king. I don't know if people have been uh, telling you that that's a really great Twitter handle, but it is. <laughs> I think that's a that's a credit to my my partner. I think who who came up with that joke uh, a couple of years ago. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. When when you've got a last name like King, I, I think that there's a an onus on you to to make make jokes about it, to work it in where you can. I, I think it's you know it's just a a small yeah. a small burden that you have to carry. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. Um, so I want to have you on the show to talk about, um, some of the stuff that you, you teach, uh, at the game center and some other topics. Uh, but first, before we get into that, I'd like just people to get know a little bit about you and your background, where you're coming from. how did you mm. get into games? Uh, how did you get into math specifically? And, uh, mm. what, what brought you to where you are now and, and, and like teaching and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, and, and thanks so much for for having me on the on the show. Been been a you know long long time listener, first time first time caller, I guess. So so really happy to to be here and talk about. This well, stuff. I'm trying to but, collect um, all the NYU professors. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm I'm yeah, getting there. Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, I, well, I, yeah, I feel like you're the the game, the NYU game center is a friend friend of the show. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but yeah, so I I had a, a sort of a weird weird path to to games. I, I feel like everybody. I guess above a certain age has like a weird path to because there was no games program like there wasn't a direct path to games you know mm -hmm. so so everyone has like this kind of meandering um uh, path but um I uh I, I was a I was a, a strategy analyst um for for like a while although it now feels so so distant so I was I was a sort of um uh, I guess a, a kind of financial analyst, somebody, somebody who looks at models and spreadsheets and, and things like that, um, both both internally and as a consultant. And uh, it's a weird, it's a weird sort of um, a path to path to games. But I but I realized hmm. that I, I I sort of um, uh, I was working on a particular 
Oh, this is so this is so boring. Uh, a, a like a budget spreadsheet, like a goes out to all the other departments, and it it helped in planning or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was I was like, well, you know, they 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 send this thing out, and and then they, the the departments put in the things, and it comes back to this department, and and then we we calculate all the numbers, and it goes back. What it would be really good is if the if the model was reciprocal. So like if if you know if marketing is lowering their estimation, then like it's gonna it's gonna move these numbers over here. So the entire model feeds back in on itself. Uh, so that that if you move any lever, all the other levers will. So I like <laughs> was like working on this for for a while, and it's this is like a total over-engineered uh and and what i realized like well oh yeah that uh models have their own aesthetic beauty that is independent of their of their practical use like that mm. this is interesting to play with and, and to build and to think about mm-hmm. and and uh and i don't really care about this, this budget stuff at all just this this model itself is is really interesting uh, and that was sort of like one of the um one of the things that, that led me to to um, eventually leave, uh, leave 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 that job and and then uh, go go get a get my my masters and, and move into move into games. Um, and so and been doing doing that ever ever since. So um, so uh, was it like your relationship with games before that? Like like what brought you to? I mean, I I, get, I understand the idea of appreciating a system of sort of rules for its own beauty, but in terms mm. of like games, uh, you were were you developing games before then? Were you just a no, like a big no, fan of no. games? Like what brought you to? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I I always like games and and um I think I, I like looking back on my childhood and stuff I can see all these moments where it was like oh I really wanted to design games like what I was doing was designing games I would think about games that I'd want I'd like you know make little puzzles like, there's all sorts of stuff but I I never thought making games was something that I could do like mm. it was it just never crossed my mind that that was a you know, not even just something I could do professionally, even just something I could do personally. Like I Mm -hmm. I just didn't just never um, got exposed to any of the uh, like some of that or that early game making software and and stuff. Like, I feel like there's a lot of stuff if if I had come across it would have um, uh, had had me into it much earlier. But um, beyond kind of programming on my TI-83, that was like the only uh, uh, sort of stuff I had done um, prior, prior to grad school. Um, and then um, uh, kind of jump jumping in head first. Um, uh, so yeah, so so no, I had no I had no professional or even really like hobbyist experience um, uh, make, making games um, before um, before I guess yes seven six or seven years ago. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So that's cool. What what kinds of games were you into? Uh, like what 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 were your kinds of games? Like what and and what made you decide? Can you tell me a little bit more about what made you decide to go and and kind of study games in a more formal setting? Yeah, I um uh to, to answer to answer that one, I I um it was definitely not a foregone conclusion that it would be a an advanced degree or, or anything because I, I I thought um you know uh I I don't know it could could be any number of of things but it was I I found out about the, the NYU Game Center went to a bunch of public events um, and met some of the the professors there, like, you know, Frank Lance and, and Eric Zimmerman. Um, and it just seemed like, like, oh, this is the, you know, this is, this is, the, this is the place for me. Uh, the, the way that people were thinking about games. It, it just like, I suddenly found that all of these things that I, I thought like I was thinking about internally and, and stuff about systems design and things like that, that was, the, there was this established place for it. And, and I was looking for a place to, um, I guess to 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 catch up on all sorts of stuff I didn't know, um, like you know, 
all of game design, but also practical stuff like like you know programming and things sure. like that. Um, but also to 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 sort of um, uh, you know join a, a, a creative community and, and and meet other people who who are in a similar similar place. And and uh, I really enjoyed the being part of a grad program where there are like it, you know it was it was nice meeting other people who were sort of like me that were you know, uh, in my class alone, like, you know, had been a musician or a mm. lawyer or a, a nuclear submarine lieutenant, like, and, mm. and then we're, we're coming into, into games. And um, uh, so, so it had all these kind of different perspectives and different, different baggage <laughs> to bring to bring to games. Um, and uh, so that, that was why I was looking for, for, for a kind of program gotcha. at that time is um, just to, just to, uh, and it's funny because in, in there's so many people from you know who, who are like i don't know like they, they found the right forum or, or something like a like a internet for like a you know they found a, a tig source or whatever circa mm -hmm. 2010 and 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 so yeah it's it's like there's in retrospect i can see all of these different ways that i could have i could have you know that i think would have had the same effect but uh but yeah i just somehow uh like a like a pachinko ball avoided every every possible avenue into the games industry prior to uh, you know the way the way that I did it. That's interesting. So yeah, I what I, the the main thing that got me like I, I need to talk to Alexander on the podcast was your recent Twitter thread where you're talking about you're kind of like adding to this Twitter thread math for game designers. Is that what the title mm. of the thread is? Right. Yeah. And yeah. So so oh sorry please. Well yeah I'm gonna set it up a little bit because I you know I um. I was very bad academically growing up. Like I hated school. I mm -hmm. eventually dropped out of high school. I dropped out of college the first time I went to college. Um, you know, I originally went for music, uh, but I, uh, I, and I, I stopped taking math classes in like 10th grade. So, mm. and, and I, cause they had the thing where you could like switch over to like an art, uh, art degree or something. I don't know how it worked exactly, mm -hmm. but anyway, I, my thing is like, I, I really don't, I'm not like one of those, like, oh, I can't do math. I'm bad at math people. I just literally don't <laughs> know any math because I, <laughs> I haven't studied it since, you know, 10th grade. And, um, I, I think math is cool and interesting, but it's, you know, I'm from, and I guess maybe something that I've noticed in my career in games is a lot of people in games are programmers specifically, like they come at it from the computer science or <laughs> software engineering <laughs> side. <laughs> And I'm just like, I'm totally an art person. I study music and I, you know, I, I do art for a living and uh, all the creative elements are, are totally where I live. And so the math stuff is, is now I've had to learn programming. I was forced to learn programming in order to make <laughs> games. I'm, uh, and I, I don't like it very much, but I, I do it. And now I'm like, I have some level of competency, but, um, but, but I, uh, I don't know anything about math. And so I just wanted to let you know, like, you know, what sort of person, uh, I am and, uh, maybe sell me on the idea of like, why, why should math be interesting to someone like me? Because I think like a lot of developers, a lot of programmers and people who are coming from more of a computer science background, I think it would probably be a lot more intuitive to them why, generally speaking, they would want to learn about math. But for me, I've never, I've actually never had the situation where I was like, hey, you know what? I want to learn a bunch about math. That just hasn't happened to me yet. And so I want, that's what I really wanted you to have you on to do is try to sell me on math. All right, all right. So so it's a, a, a tall order, but I'm going to try and do justice to the entire discipline of mathematics here. So so I think where you're, where you're coming from is exactly the, 
is is not uncommon and is exactly the sort of um, the sort of uh, student that, that that we we want for for this class at the at the game center. So mm -hmm. the origins of it were. Um, uh, Years years ago, I would make this joke that um, since when when I started you know learning learning how to make games, I was surprised that all of these things that I had totally forgotten about from basically high school math that were suddenly not only like suddenly back again, but suddenly interesting and relevant. And the 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 really first one for me was trigonometry, which which in high school. Trigonometry to I could bear I I don't know that I could have told you anything about trigonometry you know uh, seven or eight years ago but it, I would have remembered it as like you know it's the um, given the length of the shadow of a tree you can figure out its height <laughs> like like that's the like use case for, sure, for trigonometry sure. in, in high school now um, and suddenly when dealing with a two D or three D space that has rotation. Um, that, that there was all this like, oh, like why, how do you rotate this thing? Like mm. what's the sign? Like why is it sine and cosine? I was like, oh geez, like I gotta like review trigonometry. And and so I used to joke that, uh, oh, you know what we ought to have? It'd be a class called math for game designers. And it would just be like all this, all this math stuff that is like inadvertently useful for, for game design and, and game development as sort of, sort of a, uh, a blending of, of those two, even even though they're they're different, um, and it would it would teach all this stuff in a, in a games context, and it would be for our arts students. Um, and uh, I, you know, and I and I would I would tell this sort of joke, and um, and it was uh, Eric Eric Zimmerman at the, at the game center um, who did not take it as a joke and was like, "This should be a real class. You should, hmm. you should teach this class." Um, and it was really from his his support. Uh, since um, I didn't I didn't think of I I wouldn't have pitched it as a is a course and wouldn't have really felt qualified to, to teach it. But, um, uh, he was, he was, a uh, uh, yeah, really, really encouraged, um, developing the syllabus and, 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 um, uh, uh, helped me, help me with that. And, and so that's the, that's the, like the, the origin of the class and, and the, the, the sort of thing that we noticed was that there are a lot of, um, a lot of people studying game design who, who like you have a, uh, you know, an arts background, and so and so have not not really thought about math, not thought about the utility of it. Um, but it's 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 useful for for game design, and so it'd be good to to teach them. So that was the that was where it, it started. I think where it's evolved to um, since this is now the fourth or fifth year. I think, I think the fourth year that that I've taught it. Um, what what I came to realize in the intervening years is um, that there's a a, like a closer relationship between games and math than, than I sort of thought at first. And, and it's, and it's no longer like a, I no longer think of it as like a, just like a utilitarian, like the way that you should learn programming, like, mm. like you should learn programming because it's useful if you want to make digital games, it's useful if you want to talk to programmers and, and things like that. Like, but it's not, it doesn't like, I don't know. I think it does. There's some interesting things about it cognitively, but it's mm -hmm. not like a. It's just like a utilitarian skill. Math, I think, is a, is in a different category where there's a there is actually a um, there's a there's a structural sort of conceptual similarity between games and, and systems um, and, and and what mathematics is 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 doing. Um, but but before I before I get into that. I do. I do want to. Where I'm coming from uh, is because I think it's definitely the case that there are there are game designers who have kind of that 
computer science, engineering sort of background, and and I think approach uh, things like like math in in a in a particular way. Um, and that's definitely not not me, and and also not the like target audience for this for this class. Even mm-hmm. though you know, of course, I I welcome I welcome folks like that. Um, but but typically. Students like that don't, don't need a class like like math for games because they right. they you know they they already really really love math. Um, the the students that that I'm I'm after uh, are, are are people who are like you know oh yeah I haven't haven't taken math especially among the grad students I haven't taken math since high school you know and didn't really like it at that time even uh, and but now it seems like it would be it would be good to know um, and that's my my relationship to math is much more. Uh, I, I've never seen myself as I'm not an arts person uh, and I'm not a, I'm not a like engineer comp sci. I'm like the, I think of like weird systems people as this like third tribe mm. in the middle. Who's like, uh, you know, like I, I like some stuff about, uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, a quant, you know, like I'm not like someone who's like super, you know, um, super engineering, like, you know, that that's, that's all, that's, that's all, everything I love. Um, but I'm also not super like, uh, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a pretty bad visual artist, like a, you know, not like a, so it's like a, uh, but, but I, but I appreciate both, both of these things. So I, mm. I think that there's kind of like a, a middle, middle ground, um, a group. And so that's my, I, I, I'm like a, an, an ambassador, uh, to, to math, um, for, for, for people on the on the art side, um, so that's the that's the that's the setup. So so why why math and, and um, uh, uh, the 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 practical side is there's just some stuff that's that's um, you know that's handy handy to know. That's the that's the the boring um, kind of a, kind of initial part. Like um, uh, some of the some of the game development stuff falls under this for me. So like um, you know vector math and 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 uh, linear algebra is like I, I want to set up topics that can for for a student can like oh that make something like shader programming um, m- a little more accessible to them down uh-huh. down the line like oh that this isn't you don't need to be like this total genius to do these things it's sure, it's just sure. a, a little unintuitive up up front and 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 that I, you know th- these things are, are graspable but but those things don't really have anything to do with do with design um, it's just kind of like. Uh, Teaching, teaching some programming concepts almost like, but in a little bit of a different context and, and, and things like that. Um, the, uh, and even though it's more design related, probability falls on, under that as well. So that, that's one, that was one of the other big, um, uh, big, big impetus for the class was like game designers really need to know about probability and are, and are, and typically don't, uh, typically don't have much of a, like, I, I can remember like a, a play test of a, of some game that was like, you could, you could do different activities and they had different payout rates. Like it was like, you could, you know, activity A had like a 1% chance of giving sure, you a million dollars. Yeah. And, and the other one had a 10% chance of giving you 10,000. And it, and it was like something like unbelievably unbalanced. Um, but right. they had never, they had never encountered the the idea of a, of a like expected value and, and, and stuff like that. And, and um, uh, so it's like, all right, the, yeah, if there's a lot of, there's, there's randomness in games. And so being able to uh, calculate it and, and have some understanding of it is is really uh, is is really handy, um, and uh, it's also uh, it's something I like I like a lot because probability is such a um, it's so it's so unintuitive to the way that like human beings are wired mm. that it's it's like um, like I like something I, I bring up in the class is 
um, you know, that uh, probability mathematically is very easy and basic. It's just multiplication, right? Like sure. there's the, in, uh, in some addition. Um, and so unless you're doing like recursive things like, uh, you know, um, you know, you, like keep adding the sum of the dice until you roll a one, like something like that, that mm -hmm. is recursive. Um, that's, a, that's a little different, but, but basic probability is, is, is very simple. And so it's like, why was it so late in, uh, in history that, that like, it's not until like Cardano in, in the 1500s, and then really later, the, uh, like the Bernoullis, and, and then it's like, it's basically not disseminated until the 1700s, like really, probability theory so it's like why is this a contemporary of calculus like like it's 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 when when the the ancient greeks or or you know ancient uh, sanskrit mathematicians or ancient chinese mathematicians could easily have been doing the the calculations required for probability um and it's that like it's it's like it requires a a weird cognitive leap of like like what do you mean that the like when you throw a die one of the faces will come up like what's this one oh i see the a, construction you know, like it, is a yeah, weird way of yeah, yeah yeah i see what you're saying yeah it's like it's like it it took human beings a long time to figure out even like what it means to have these kind of like alternate universes that mm. were you know it's like it's it, and and i think still th that's that's why there are so many paradoxes and, and stuff with probability is because it's so unintuitive like it's like human beings evolved not to be probabilistic thinkers. Like mm -hmm. we're, if you, if you eat this plant and it makes you sick, then never eat it again because it's, it has a hundred percent chance of making you sick. Like right, that's the right. way our, our kind of brains are. Mm -hmm. um, and this idea of like, things can sometimes happen and, and there's, and there's this like degree of confidence. It's, it's all like really murky uh, in, in a, in a conceptual way. Um, uh, even though the math itself is, is, is pretty simple. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so I just sort of explain that and then, and then we go through the, you know, a bunch of dice and cards, uh, probability problems and, and things like that. Um, but, but all of that to me is, is, is sort of, um, is like secondary to this idea that like what, what math really is. And, and, and I had a, a sense of this, um, when I first started teaching the class was like, why is it that. Why is it that some people have have this idea that they're bad at math, um, and or didn't didn't like math and and, and stuff like that? Like why uh, the the way that the, the kind of math is taught? Um, and it's it's funny because it's it's a uh, mathematicians like professional mathematicians will will remark on this um, that it's it's like very common among professional mathematicians that they were not particularly good at math in in high school hmm. and, and middle school and stuff. And so it's like so there's something going on uh, going yeah. on here. And the I started using this analogy that um, the way that the you know the uh, and part of this is a little bit of a you know it's like a propaganda like I want to like I want to like trick people into empowering them. like like you know like uh, I want to like this this thing that you've you've struggled with like you can mm -hmm. do it like sure, and yeah. and, uh, and 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 once people think they can then they then they can um, so my my analogy was that uh, it would it would be as if you had been taught how to how to read uh, uh, music notation, like you had been taught uh, the you know how how to read um, musical notes before 
uh, be ever being given access to an instrument, um, hmm. and that and that that's that's what math is. Or like. before so, having heard music, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, so so I I was feeling pretty smart about this, um, and then I I I read this um, uh, this essay by the mathematician Paul Lockhart, um, and and um, and he like. Uh, it uses the exact same analogy, but in a much uh, more beautiful way over this like two page story that imagines this world uh, where um, where where music is taught that way, like that in what students do and, and like and it has all these amazing like like that, uh, you know, it's it's uh, like w when they get to when they get to college or grad school and finally hear music, like they'll really appreciate all the work mm. that they did, uh, understanding the notation and, and, and stuff like that. Um, so what, what I think I really have a, the hardest time selling to students is that this thing that you've been we've been calling math that you've been taught which is these answers like mm. the the base of the, tri the, the the area of a triangle is its base uh times its height times one half like like this this answer yeah that, like that's not mathematics it's like, like commoditized math right it's like yeah. extruded math product or something right 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 that that you you've been you've been being it's like uh, and so this is really easy, actually, to 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 get across because it's it's um uh it's a lot like puzzles and games. So like that, if you've been if like we like let's say we agree that as a society that that playing puzzle games like makes you smart or something like that. Like uh like what's a what's a good what's like a really like one solution puzzle game like like Sokoban. So mm -hmm. we've all decided you know kids they really got to know Sokoban. And so it, like it, we we it seems like if you play Sokoban you get you get smarter. So then we go into schools and we teach kids the answers to every like okay this on this level you've got to push this box over here and then push this one and we have them like practice these things. And it's like no 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 it's the it's like a it's like a uh, it, in, a, in a Chris Crawford, like data versus process, like we're teaching the data of math, like these mm. answers. Um, but it's, it's really the process. It's the figuring out why it is that the area of a triangle is one and a half uh, base times height. Like that's, that's the math part. That's actually the, right. the, the math. Um, and so uh, realizing, realizing that like what math, um, what math actually is, is this like, a super beautiful, like, like the most pure form of, of game design. Like it's, 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 uh, it's game design in, in total abstraction, um, because it's just rules. Like what mathematicians yeah. actually do is they think of rules and they think of interesting ways that those rules intersect and like interesting interactions and things that can happen and explore those and that's it <laughs> like and that and that's and that's what what math is and and so i i do some stuff like go through uh euclid's elements so geometry is like the best example of of, of this where euclid's elements just lays out um you know a bunch of uh like a, a bunch of axioms like things that you can't like that there are points there are lines like you know here's here's a bunch of stuff we're going to use in in this game and then what follows from there is just like here's some interesting consequences mm. of these very simple rules that I've set up. Um, and, and the one of the, or the, the first one is like, how do you construct a equilateral triangle uh, or, so, so, or which isn't defined in the, just how are we going to construct this, this special kind of triangle? And, and Euclid shows you, you take a circle 
uh, which is all the points that are equidistant from a single point. So, mm -hmm. so, so, you, so you, you know, and you, and you would imagine you're drawing this with a compass, compass and ruler. So we we draw out a circle, and then we draw its in any line from the center of that circle to its edge. So we have the uh, the radius, mm -hmm. um, and from that new point on the edge we draw a circle that has the same radius. So now we have two circles and their centers uh, are, are linked uh, and, they, and they have the same, the same radius. And then shows, well, if you go to the point where these two circles intersect, and there's two of them, one, one above, one, one below, mm -hmm. uh, from the center of either, well, it's on the edge of both circles. So it, every side of this is now the same because they're the edges of the circles. That's how we define circles. It's all the, all the things. And so this shape, that this intersection of the, the points on the two edges of the circle and both of their centers forms this shape where all the sides are the same length. And, uh, and, and, and Euclid says, and in a second, I'll show you that all the angles are the same as well. Hmm. Um, and it's like, there's no, it's so beautiful because it's just like, I have this rule I had these rules that you didn't think were that special, like that I can define what a circle is and mm -hmm. there are lines. And now I like I built this triangle, like an, an entirely new shape that didn't exist in my universe before. Um, and it's like that 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 process of just like, what can I do with these rules that I have? What interesting things can happen is like that's like that's all game designers are ever thinking about is like mm -hmm. like what's the what's the minimum number of rules that i need to to have interesting things happen and, and what kinds of interesting things can happen given these given these rules um and so that's that's the like the real the real mathematics so so when you when you said uh when we were we were talking on, on twitter that like uh you know, I'm I'm not a not a math guy and, and you interpreted my my answers like uh like a you know I uh Oh well, anyone can learn that. This kind of like the, mm -hmm. I think you're expecting that sort of, but but that's not my that's not my position at all. It's that you are already a mathematician. Um, mm. It's just it's just you the you're doing a, a very special kind of of, of math. Um, but the this idea of like uh, and especially the way that you think about I think about games and, and rules and systems is like it's not just similar to what mathematics are doing. It's like it is literally the process of of mathematics. Is like I have these rules. And what follows from them, like what emerges from these interactions of these rules, like is literally mathematics. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's exactly what mathematics is. That's that's interesting, and that also leads into the other another sort of related topic, which I know that you also teach a little bit about emergence. Or I think you, do you have a class on emergence that you teach? I think it, uh, that's right. That's right. So I'm yeah. over at um uh, at at Parsons in in the new school um, this semester. I'm teaching a class on. Uh, on on emergence um, uh, as well, and yeah, very similar uh, sort of sort of concept, right? Where it's like um, this this idea of small, you know, small, interesting, simple rules giving rise to interesting, complex uh, complex systems, and and um, uh, I think is like uh, to to me, those are very part and parcel of what's interesting to me as a game designer and the, and the kinds of games that I think are, are interesting. Not right. that that's like, there's obviously kinds of games that, you know, there's a, it's a big tent games. Um, sure. But, but in, in my, in my kind of practice and, and stuff like that, that's, that to me is like, that's the, that's the good stuff. Like when, when there's like, you know, 
just a couple of rules and something can happen that that is like the second order effect from the that's the that's like the yeah to, to me yeah so um, so my my I'm, I don't know if you know this about me, but I don't like puzzles. I love strategy games. I love big, messy, noisy, toy-like, playful <laughs> strategy games. Like, that's really mm -hmm. what I live for. And I I really don't like puzzles. I don't like things with, like, just, you know, correct answers, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and it's interesting mm -hmm. that math, because of, like, our the public education system as it is and everything, uh, has this branding. It's almost as like, like, if we were to compare math and game design, um, mm -hmm. it's kind of like if you know in school i was I, I had a game design class but all they ever taught me was how to make puzzles and <laughs> and i would be like oh, i don't really like game design very much you know uh because it's uh we just like as you're talking about it i'm, I'm thinking of uh math as you know as you say we are already using it and um we're all already using it really and um and and so I guess like math at its most interesting for someone like me would be um, like really like complicated, messy, um, maybe bouncing in and out of being math at all sometimes <laughs> uh, into other like sort of, I guess you could still say like, like logic and other related fields that are, that are, are, I guess, technically if, uh, disciplines within math. I mean, that's oh, the thing totally. too. Yeah, logic. Yeah. Logic is the, is the, font from which all, all other math topics flow because that that's the yeah like so so logic is is the is the er domain of, right of math. sure but you're also bouncing into like psychology and you're bouncing into aesthetics mm -hmm. and you're bouncing into all these different mm -hmm. things and math as a, a holistic part of the creative process like that does sound interesting to me because like as someone who's you know like analyzes games all the time um what i when i hear math described in a games context oftentimes mm. that means oh in this board game you have to do a bunch of addition like you have to add up all your <laughs> uh -huh. things and subtract do all this like annoying tedious uh you know arithmetic like like just mm -hmm. adding and subtracting type stuff and um and so it's interesting that that we don't think of like when i guess here's what i'm trying to boil it down to is mm -hmm. when when math gets to the point where it's interesting at least to someone like myself um like it's not it wouldn't be really that recognizable to most people as math anymore uh i don't know if they would use the word math yeah, for it right, similar similar right. with music by the way music and math have mm. this other relationship where people are always saying like oh music is math you know like it's so related to mm -hmm, math and mm -hmm. I, as i'm i studied music you know for a long time and I I feel like I don't know anything about math and I feel like my brain is not in a mathematical mode as mm -hmm. you know as math is branded in our society um yet it clearly uh, definitely is there's all these relationships between like you know mm -hmm. chord mm -hmm. shapes and and uh and just uh, overtones and like all this stuff that you absolutely are thinking about and have to think about all the time um and yeah so that are geometric and that are absolutely mathematical but not in the way that the word gets used and right and yeah. I think, yeah, I 100% I agree that there's this, it, it's and it's a way it's like we value or what we call math is really this like output of computation and, mm. and like a, the, an example of that that, I, that I, I bring up in the class is, is pi. And like if I ask the students what pi is, uh, almost everyone can give its approximation to, 
two decimals, 3.14. Mm -hmm. And then usually somebody has, as a party trick, memorized some <laughs> some more of them. Um, and you see this with, uh, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson is like on Pi Day tweeted out like, you know, a bunch of digits of Pi. And it's like the... The digits of pi don't matter at all. They, right. they the fact that it's three point one four and and a bunch of other is is uh, of no importance uh, what whatsoever. The, and the fact that it's repeating and and it doesn't repeat that's sort of like interesting. But none of that I it's like it's actually really hard to tease out from a from a class of students who have all like like what do you learn about pi and like I like it pretty early on in, in yeah. like a geometry class. Like it's not an advanced concept, um, but the, like what pi actually is, this 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 ratio between the diameter of a circle and its circumference. And that, that's all, it's just a proportion. And mm -hmm. it's like this like weird proportion that is true for all circle. Like it's not a, um, it's not a, it's not an empirical number. It's just that like at a fundamental level, the way that circles are defined, like it has this special ratio and that this ratio has all sorts of interesting properties because now we can convert between circles and lines, which is really helpful. And like, da, 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 da. all of that is, has been like, has been replaced with like it's it's numbers which is like it's like and and that that i think to me is like is math uh like overall has this like it's all the output of it the like the you know the area of a cylinder like, like all of this or, or the volume of a cylinder like all of this um like here here's this thing um but the process that derives it isn't explored when that's actually the interesting thing that's the mm -hmm. that's the fun part is the like how do how do you get to that that output um there's a great and all of this like i really can't recommend paul lockhart's books uh enough um he has one on on counting um look uh, sorry i'm looking at my bookshelf from, i think it's just i think it's just called counting oh no mm -hmm. maybe, maybe it's called arithmetic it's called arithmetic okay. and it's just about counting like it's it's just about <laughs> like what how do you count like and and it's and it's like how how are you going to get a full book out of this and and it, yeah. and it like and it it goes into it so it treats counting basically as a game this is through my own lens as a game designer like like you you're given all of these objects you know disparate objects like how do you aggregate them and kind of organize them and like what counting is and then he goes into like how and like it, it part of the book he teaches you how an abacus works and like, uh, and I'm like, oh wow! Like an abacus is like totally cool, like like and, and actually really intuitive, uh, and and has all this great. Uh, um, but uh, uh, oh, I lost my lost my train of thought. But um, uh, yeah, this 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 focus on these kind of like kind of trivial output of of math. Um, oh, it, one of the things that he says is that uh, like in in plenty of other disciplines people use abstract models to predict aspects of the world, like, like a, a physicist might, um, but, but all sorts of, in all sorts of domains, including in games. Like mm -hmm. we, we might have less kind of like abstracted model uh, and we use that to, to predict reality. Um, but mathematics, the, the, the abstract model is the thing and the fact that it maps to reality is is just a coincidence. Um, like the fact that there are triangles or, or roughly triangular shapes in reality, and that we can like understand their properties from math, is a uh, is just like a happy coincidence. Um, mm. But but math does not depend on reality at all, like whatsoever. It's a it's a fully self contained set of logical operations um, and the fact that we can draw lessons from it uh, that, that are applicable in in reality is uh, is like 
you know, fun and useful, but not the point. Um, and right. so, and so it's like, yeah, so it's like math really is this, um, it's a, uh, it, 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 Paul Lockhart in, in, in this uh, famous essay called A Mathematician's Lament um, uh, makes this case that of, of math as a, as a, as an, as a really poorly understood art form um, and not hmm. as a, not at all as a science. Um, it's, and, um, uh, and that, so that's, that's very much my, uh, sort, sort of my, my thinking on it, on it as well. Um, even though some of those, some of those base outputs uh, are helpful, like being able to calculate, you know, the chances of drawing certain cards or well, something I mean, like, like, like that is art, helpful. But you know what else is helpful is art forms. So like, I think <laughs> part of the thing there is, is just understanding that like science is not above art in terms of, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, it's helpfulness mm -hmm. and usefulness to humans. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that math is an art and not a science, or if, if you'd like to say that, like that's not an insult to math. It's just a it's sort right. of changing of how we think of, of the way that it works. And I, you know, I, uh, I went back to school and I studied political science and I've been mm. doing a little bit of um, more research into like economics. And I think uh, maybe you have something to say about that as well. But like, I feel like there's some similar uh, dynamics going on there with economics where we also have these like really beautiful little uh, machines, these little systems uh, like mm. ISLM and things like that, that are that are just uh, like these self-contained little machines and that we think of them as like, you know, as like being like physics, right? Like being like these laws of nature that mm -hmm. like the supply and demand curve and things like that. Whereas actually these are, those are also more like art. They're more like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, creative works that, and, and, you know, and art too has some predictive power. Like, you know, when people mm -hmm. write stories and write uh, essays and, and make a movie or whatever it is, like there, there are sort of predictions in there in their, in their therefore statements and in their, the way that people act and the way that, you know, things transpire, um, they are saying something about the world and therefore they are saying something about the future. Mm -hmm. Totally. It, and it's funny, given all of this, how difficult it is to convince people. So, so, so something I've seen with with students in in the class over the the past couple of years is I what well, we can have this. I can say all this sort of stuff. We can you know, and, and we'll all agree to it. But at the end of the day, they feel like, and then they can go and do real math. Like they can go and experiment, uh, and all those all those those gifts that this amazing work that students produce is just like like I try and get them to shed the idea of a destination like just like stop trying to think of what you want to make and just mm. explore these rules and see what kind of weird stuff you can you can make that you find interesting mm. um and they'll and they'll produce these amazing all this amazing work um and at the end of the end of the day we'll still sort of feel like well, that wasn't math. <laughs> like yeah. that was like I was. I've just been like I've just been fooling around for for three months making art. Uh, I still don't know, you know, the law of cosines or whatever. <laughs> like, and, and it's uh, and it's funny. It's like there's it, there's a yeah. There's a we resist feeling the 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 there's this uh, this data process confusion throughout. Like it, it feels like we would know knowing a bunch of memorizing a bunch of formula uh makes us know math not doing this process of exploration and, and, mm. and finding interesting stuff um and uh and i th and i think that that's that's a uh, that's not unique to, to math i guess because that you see that in games as well where um uh you know people want a um this people are always looking for kind of silver bullet axioms of like 
what is good game design in, in certain like like a mm -hmm. uh, you know like you should always I'm, I'm thinking i guess more in like business con like you know on kind of game of sutra stuff sure. is always like here's the way you always want to do this because right. players like that like and it's like no 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 like that that could be true in certain contexts but it's it's the it's the process that arriving at those 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 uh those takeaways is the is the thing that that matters and um, yeah, I'm reminded, too, of uh, as, you know, as a musician or uh, and, and as an artist, um, there is this feeling, and I think this exists in math as well, where like, okay, yeah, maybe math is cool and interesting, but that only starts happening once you've like put 10 years, you know, the 10,000 hours of mastery mm, 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 mm. into it, and then it can become fun. Whereas someone who has that mastery will tell you like, no, at least in, in music and art for sure, and I expect that you would say the same thing about math, like, no. I mean, like elementary music stuff. I can show you something for five seconds. I can show a child something on the piano or something on the guitar or whatever. And they can start experimenting with that and playing around with that. And that is music. That is art. Like that is, it's, there's, you know, there isn't this like distinction that you need to like have this level of mastery before you can start actually engaging in the thing and, and being, you know, really doing the thing and being a, a person who's uh, like an artist or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a two, I'm just such a Paul Lockhart booster right now, but uh, there, I've, I've got this, him open in a couple of tabs. I'm going to be looking yeah, him up after I, this. I, I really, yeah, yeah. A uh, huge influence on me. Um, there's a, a comment he makes that I really love. That's like, we, we trust students to like, we trust students to make their own conclusions about Napoleon or whatever, right? Like, like that, like mm. you, you learn all these facts and stuff, and then you learn to like make an essay or something. You don't, we don't make people memorize conclusions in other, other fields, like uh, maybe in subtle ways, but like, you don't like memorize. We don't, is we the... don't intend to consciously. Right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, we don't, but we don't like memorize what is the correct interpretation of Napoleon or, or, sure. or any, any, any given topic. Um, but with math, we like prioritize certain proofs and like, like, here's why this is true. And you, and you memorize these steps. When uh, he talks about in his own math teaching, he'll just give students um, uh, like, here's a, you know, here's a circle and, and here's its diameter. You, you know, you cut it in half. If you put a point anywhere on that circle um, and, and then link it to the, to the ends of that diameter. So, so you have a triangle um, inside, uh, inside half of a circle. Um, that angle is always a right angle. Um, which is like not at all intuitive and even seems like it's wrong. Uh, like if, if I have half of a circle and I'm putting a point anywhere on it and then drawing, drawing lines to the, to the base of that half circle, like, is it really always a right angle? Like, it seems like maybe as it gets towards the, maybe in the middle, it's a right angle, but at the edges, like, like <laughs> as it gets close to the line, is it like still a right angle? Uh, and so then just ask students to prove it. Like, mm. and, and they'll come up with like, now Euclid has a proof, right? Like how does it in like four steps or something like that. Um, but like, who cares? Uh, the, the students will come up with these sometimes like really elaborate, sometimes incredibly elegant, um, steps that prove like, oh yeah, it, it really is always a right angle. Um, and, and here's why, um, I, I can, in, in any given case, it will always be this way. Um, and that, that, yeah, this, uh, like, uh, 
that 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 doing this like playing with these rules and and seeing why it is so is just the the, the just that basic idea that we could come up with our own proofs for this thing like that was Mm -hmm. not taught to me in my elementary math uh, learning right and if i had heard that alone i would have been like oh really oh my god that's awesome right yeah yeah such a great point yeah yeah so 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 anyway so that's the that's that's totally the 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 context of that of that class and 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 it's a real privilege to to teach this um you know it's a teaching math to artists in an in an art school like in 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 tish um and to game design students in in particular is just such a um i i like I just really enjoy the the things that people make because more so than other classes in game design generally one of the great things about teaching of course is you don't know what or I find is is that uh you don't know what students are going to make and it can surprise you and 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 things like that and and that's really fun um but in in that class in particular is like I just sometimes someone will come up with something that I've never seen before. Um, and it is just some incredible, incredible thing. And, and sometimes I can find even real math, like, especially when we're doing stuff with trig, like you can just like, if you have weird angles and, and ratios and radiuses and, and stuff, you can make some like really elaborate and beautiful patterns. And I, and I, there was one I found like, oh, this is like a Clelly curve is the name after some French mathematician. And it has all these interesting properties. Um, if you just set the, the, these numbers just this way, it comes out with this really beautiful curve. Um, and, and some student had just discovered it, you know, mm. from playing around and it, and it, and, and it has, and didn't discover all of its interesting formal properties, you know, cause they're just sort of experimenting, but did find that it's like really cool and beautiful and, and, mm-hmm. and, and has, has interesting aesthetic properties. Um, and that, that, that process is like the same as, um, when, uh, Benoit Mandelbrot is, was discovering the, the, the Mandelbrot set, the, the, the fractals that, that bear his name, um, was exactly, the, was like, he was like visualizing these, these functions called Julia sets, like, was just like, he was like plugging them into a computer for the, like, and one of the first people to do that and to graph them and be like, oh, wow, these like, these look really cool. <laughs> like it's like the, like the exact process of, of mathematics. Um, and uh, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's really, it's really fun to teach how, and I think that, that, that this, um, the reality of this, I think uh, is, uh, is not always what people expect uh, what a class called math for game designers is, is going to be. I, I, um, I talked about it at a, um, right before, right before the pandemic um, at a, uh, like a educators games games educators conference that um that CUNY um uh, puts on each year, and uh, the and there are a lot of people there who do more traditional like using games to teach like that kind of games for education mm-hmm. you know not 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 games for aesthetic uh, qualities and um and so I was like how do you teach math to, math to game designers um you might think that I have them design games that are about math or something like oh, that yeah. like and it's like no like <laughs> I, I get them to I, I prevent them from making games because game designers are going to make games anyway like you don't need to um you don't need to tell if I, if I, if I, it's like, it's like why I think uh, game designers need to know things outside of games and stuff like, it's like, if, if I took any game design student, if I, or I took any game designer and, and I, and I, and I, and I locked them in a room with like, uh, you know, a book about 
plant structure or or genetics or like philosophy of mind or like the 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 history of ancient china like whatever it is mm -hmm. right like and and, and and you lock them in there they're going to make a, a like a, a pretty cool game about that whatever that thing is sure um and so and so with with math or game designers we don't need to like instrumentalize it so much of like oh here's why you need to learn probability and and, and, and stuff like that it's like if, if i can like get people to 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 get exposed to these topics and, and see that they're cool, then like how it gets applied to their work uh, and stuff like that is going to follow very naturally. Yeah, I mm. don't need to do anything to, to do that. Um, which is, which is funny, actually the something. So, so I've been tweeting students work this semester in part because um, they're, uh, in, in, in the before days, um, there was a end of year show, uh, at the, at the game center, uh, and we could, um, project students work, uh, at the, at that show, um, and, 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 and exhibit it. Um, and the, we have a virtual end of year show now, but non-interactive work, um, you know, it's just, it doesn't work as well for, for a Twitch stream, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, you're not going to just going to sit, it works well as like a, you know, you get to see this interesting stuff. And so I was like, well, maybe for this semester, I'll, um, I want to, I want, I do want people to see all this, all this great work. And since it's not going to be at the end of the semester, uh, maybe I'll, I'll try and throughout the, the semester, um, a tweet about it. So this is, this has really been a, a new experiment for me. And, and it's been really gratifying that people, uh, like and enjoy the students' work, and, and I think it's great for the students, and, and blah 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 blah. Um, but what I've been surprised by is every once in a while, there's a reply, typically from like a follower of someone who follows me, like not somebody I know directly, just mm -hmm. just somebody will reply with this kind of like hand wringing of like, oh, but like game designers can know too much math or something, yeah. and it's happened more than once where it's like, oh. It, you shouldn't teach like 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 we need we need to be careful about teaching game designers math because if they know too much math or something, um, they're going to uh, they're going to over engineer like like it's this kind of like they're going to end up making like these boring grindy like a uh, like yes. mind yeah, rending yeah, like those eighteen xx uh, train <laughs> games uh, that like just like yeah, burn yeah. your brain basically. <laughs> And I, and, I, and I just, I always, I, I really don't know how to, how to reply because even just the premise that like, that there could be something that we shouldn't teach, like, like, uh, like that there's a danger of, I don't know, like, but, yeah. uh, but in this case, especially, it's just like, um, you know, I don't think. I don't think we're in danger of like if if some too many game designers know trigonometry that it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna derail their well. Their, I think that they're work. thinking of the traditional branded math, right? And mm, like the mm, the math mm. that we got taught in elementary school. And honestly, like yeah, I actually I I think you might make a game designer worse if you taught them more of that in a weird mm, in a way. Mm, mm. I could see the argument at least, or like I could at least see the anxiety. But what you're in the process of is a you know I I think it's a very ambitious process of really trying to like rebrand math and re uh <laughs> you know like re um design like what is what is it to teach math to students like how should math exist in the in the world and uh, i understand there's like a, a sort of a tradition of this among mathematicians um uh, more recently um but i think that's a really uh, i i understand why people would have misapprehensions about it because of their experience with math so far and um, or at least that's where I would be coming from. I'd be imagining uh, you're going to turn everything into like a math game where I just have to do all this tedious, annoying right, addition right. every game, right? Yeah, I guess you're. You're. I think you're. You're absolutely right. But it it worries me because I'm not a. I'm not a 
like a polemicist. Like I like I don't feel like I have this this like oh I'm redefining Matt. Like I feel like what I'm doing is very uh, circumscribed and obvious and not at all revolutionary. And so it worries me that I'm like oh am I actually like am I making a claim about about mathematics? And I guess I am. Yeah, um, that's so okay. Maybe, yeah, maybe I need to rebrand uh, 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 and, and accept accept that accept that fact. Because uh, I, I guess that is the case. Um, before we wrap up, I'd like to hear you wanted you've wanted. We were just talking about some topics that we could talk about, and you mentioned incremental games. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know if we can tie that into the math thing at all, but like, I'm just interested. Like, yes. what's cool about incremental games? I, I, my relationship with them is I mostly don't play them. I liked uh, paper clips, maybe mostly because of all the elements that weren't the incremental elements. But I, I also understand how you know, the incremental elements were a part of that, obviously. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, tell me what what do you like about incremental games? Give me this spiel. What is cool about them? Yeah, so th this is so partly this is my I have kind of a um, I have kind of a like a what's the like an oppositional personality disorder. I have a, a kind of a contrarian mindset, typically, like my my natural instinct is to if if everyone thinks something is to like, be skeptical of it or something. And so, mm -hmm. so part of that, part of a consequence of that is that I really like game design, uh, game, game, um, not genres, but, but just sort of like certain, certain kinds of games that are, uh, that, I, that, that, that are overlooked. I tend to like immediately have an, an attachment to like, uh, you know, virtual pet games or, um, clothing, uh, like paper doll, paper doll games. Um, and, mm -hmm. and, and incremental games were my, like I, I knew I liked uh, <laughs> immediately because, uh, especially when after Cookie Clicker came out, this is, that's uh, 2013 or, or so. So like in, in the wake of that, there was all this, this, uh, this sort of like, um, the default way of talking about them was like, they're these mysterious, like oh this like this new game is is really addictive and all you do is click a button like and no one knows why it's people <laughs> like it like or something right. like this like very um and so it's like well you know so so immediately like like incremental games so so why uh i think in in some ways why they're why they're enjoyable as as games is not at all um mysterious for reasons that are not interesting to uh like that, that i think would not interest you so it's like in, in some ways, so there's the, the traditional argument is something like that they're a Skinner box, um, that they, um, you know, that they're giving you this this feedback on a you know, variable reward schedule. And that's really interesting. That analysis, I think, is it uh, it's a danger to any anyone who makes that as a critique of incremental games, because it uh if, if that were if it were true, it's also true for like most games, even mm -hmm. interesting and well-designed games um, like yeah. have are giving you feedback on, on, on all stuff. So there's nothing special about incremental games in that in that respect. Um, and that it, I think in some ways they reveal the sort of like naked truth behind a lot of games, actually, that like lots of uh you know rpgs in particular but but mm -hmm. definitely other genres like are just this these kind of like uh systems that go up infinitely um and that they don't really have a lot of pushback and stuff and that and that they're almost this minimalist uh form of those and showing that like you don't all this stuff that you think is interesting that you're you think that you might need for an rpg um if you get rid of it uh there's actually still something there um is is like this counterintuitive um but so so there's there's an aspect of that then there's an aspect of that's also not very mysterious is that they are um 
they are content delivery systems that enable a feeling of, um, you know, of, of uh, exploration and discovery. Like why paperclips, universal paperclips is, is a, is a, is fun to play is because you don't know what's going to happen next. And most incremental games have an aspect of this where it's like, you the same way that why you turn the pages in a book like you don't you want to know mm -hmm. where it's going like you don't there's a plot um and 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 even if it's even if it's like in in cookie clicker in in the kind of the the, the classic uh example like starts out with this sort of innocuous premise and then like it gets weirder and weirder and and like and, and so you're just like you want to know what's going to happen and and none of that is at all mysterious like that's plenty of games have a uh, you know content that you explore and you mm -hmm. and you want to know what's going to happen and, and stuff so so in those respects is also very normal um the thing that i think is is actually interesting so 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 this is my why it, why they're interesting to me um is that they are this like weird pure form of system interaction or they let people interact with um with systems uh, in this, in this, um, I, I, like a oh, totally unobstructed way. So, so in a normal incremental game, uh, the the argument goes is something like, oh, you know, you you uh, increase these, you make things, you make numbers go up, and um, and and you can never lose. There, there's usually not a lose state, um, and all this stuff. Um, but but in the, like games, there are very few incremental games that are that stripped down. Almost all of them have these differentiating factors. You have different. Uh, you have different things that you can do in a different order. Um, so you can, there's different generator, there's different things that make a number go up and they have different costs and the, you, and you can click them uh, in, in different orders and, and stuff like that. And as soon as we have that, we actually have uh, like the meaningful choice, the, the, like, and, and the, the player can do things and make decisions and those decisions impact their uh, success at the game. Like, like suddenly we have very traditional game feedback systems. Um, and, and so what incremental games are really doing is this like, uh, this like strangely stripped down version of like optimizing optimizing a system um and and the fact that they're numerical like that their numbers going up mm -hmm. almost doesn't matter like you could they really have yeah. nothing to do with numbers or math or anything like that it's really about like throughput and <laughs> they are like mm -hmm. production you know like and, and and stuff like that and the the thing the game that what that really uh like uh, change like to change my understanding is um is one called realm grinder uh, and it's not unique in this app this is just this this one that that i i first noticed this um realm grinder is like a it's a very successful uh I, I think it's it's made by two italian designers they've been making it for like seven years and it's uh it's, it's and it's it's huge like you could you could play it for like a year um and and still be uncovering new new content um but it what it it introduces this thing where it's like it has some fantasy generic fantasy theme so it's like there's different factions and, and stuff like that so at first it's it's totally choiceless um when, when you first start playing like you you can you can pick goblins or elves and they have different bonuses um but slowly you every every single thing that it gives you that's that's exclusive to to a faction it eventually gives you ways to kind of like mix and match them in a in a limited way so it's like there are each I'm forgetting the details. Like each faction has three bonuses, like a one, two, and three. Eventually, you're going to get the ability to pick which which one bonus you want, which two bonus, and which three bonus. And so it becomes a 
oh, which configuration of all these different things that I have access to results in the best in the best outcome? Um, right. and, and, and suddenly we're, we're thinking about all, all these different things. And then it, the, it, it gets in, <laughs> more and more Byzantine. And there's like there's this uh, like research system where it's like every there's like you're it's basically you're doing skill allocate like a like a build like an, in a in an RPG, like you're mm -hmm. allocating points to, to all of these things um and uh and they're exclusive to that run like so you're 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 like you're making all these decisions and they're just going to impact this run uh and it's like the the fact that it's a um uh like if it if it just had a little something more even the illusion of like an action rpg on top of it mm -hmm. it would it people would would not question that this was a game and, and actually quite like it has a really deep combat system or something like that hmm. um, but but the fact that it it removes that illusion it suddenly becomes oh it's just numbers going up and, and stuff like that but it's actually it's like deeply uh like there's there's a like i, I i'm worried about saying there's deep strategy because i hmm. feel like that's a trap and then i i'm gonna like I'm not going to be able to define uh, uh, strategic. Thinking. No, I get you. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but there is this like I mean, you see the way that the players, the the, the player community for that game are like like they develop these uh, you know like the, these these it, because the the model is so complicated, it can't be it can't be mathematically derived what the analytically derived what the best option is hmm. and so they're developing these heuristics of like well if you do this build and this route and stuff like that then you're going to hit this earlier and like so maybe that's the right way but then um like this thing's actually faster at these levels and so they work out these like uh this 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 huge you know uh, heuristic tree of like how to progress through this game and to me all of that looks very much like a normal like playing a deep game that mm -hmm. that, that has decision making and uh it is not not at all choiceless and is not at all a, a, a skinner game so so and and that's true of this particular game but i think it's true of most uh most incremental games is that you are you are being asked to make decisions about how to progress through the game in the mo in the quickest way and it's non-trivial to answer that question. It, right. It, it, it's and so you're making decisions, and you're you are you are playing a game. Sure. That's, the, that's my that's my uh, yeah that's yeah. My no, I I I totally agree. I, I buy that completely. And um the the one thing I would just say is that like you know you you talk about some of the illusory elements of games. Mm. Um and I, I I've been over the last few years trying to think of games in a much more holistic way. Um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and. You know, which doesn't mean don't appreciate the systemic and don't appreciate just the, you know, the these like rule sets and things like that at all or the abstract. But it means uh, appreciating that, at, you know, as well as how it uh, interacts with the aesthetics. And if you like the illusory or like stagecraft elements mm, mm, um mm. And, and other elements because like i you know like uh i think there is a tendency um sometimes with game designers to be like well if we boil things down that makes them better um but sometimes mm, mm, mm. sometimes the stuff that you would boil off is uh actually very important to the experience and so like with mm. regards to this question of like are they skinner boxes or you know or like uh, or aren't many many games also skinner boxers and i, I would say uh -huh. like mm -hmm. I would say like, yeah, like like many games, particularly RPGs, but other kinds of games too, have this, you know, random reward schedule kind of stuff going on. It's just a question of like, what else does it also have going on? And I agree with you that um, mm. 
you know, some not just incremental games, but like I would say probably some gotcha games uh, have uh, sort of taken that torch to some extent. Uh, perhaps mm. um, certain things like CCGs and, and things like that have also this pattern where they explode in their complexity so huge that like you actually, yeah, like it, it, there is like some strategy and some some depth and some real decision making there. Um, and so it's really just a question of like for a particular one, uh, does it holistically work? or not you know mm, mm, I, I think mm, that's mm. kind of what it comes down to and and uh i think that the 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 you know people who would say incremental games are just like fundamentally bad uh i think that's also that's not defensible in the same way that you know any other kind of game is fundamentally bad um but i also think like uh what like why would I play an incremental game instead of right now? I just started playing Final Fantasy twelve. Finally, got mm -hmm, around mm -hmm. to it, and uh, which you know, like you say, like it it is. It's kind of an incremental game, but just you have some walking around sequences and talking <laughs> right, to people right. sequences. And to me, as someone who's like one of my favorite kinds of games is like the old Western RPG, the you know the original Fallout's and mm -hmm, Ultimas mm -hmm. and things like that. And to me, that like Sagecraft. And that like were a placeness um, is is of value, and uh, I don't know. So I think that's actually part of. I would have five years ago. I think I would have told you like, oh, I don't like incremental games because they're just Skinner boxes or something along those lines. But now I think I would actually say I don't like most incremental games I played because they they don't have interesting settings. They they lack mm -hmm, they mm -hmm, lack mm -hmm. you know aesthetic uh, qualities that please me. I don't feel a sense of place. I don't feel like why should I care? You know, mm -hmm. uh, and so that tends to be. While I agree with you that like yeah, this is a place where you can just explore systems in a very like close up way and, and players interact with things in an abstract way, which that's very exciting when you're coming from like 25, 30 years of triple a, you know, explosions and like just nothing but mm -hmm, stagecraft, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I think a lot of games are just nothing but stagecraft. And that's why mm. a purely systemic game is interesting, but mm -hmm. yeah, we, we kind of need both is sort of how I, I tend to feel. And I think actually paper clips, actually does a good job of both because it is it mm -hmm. is extremely stage crafted you know in mm -hmm, an interesting mm -hmm. way yeah and, and i think um you can see this in the in, in a uh, another class that i teach called economics for game designers so see i, I have like a brand i guess where mm -hmm. i teach like blank for game designers um i explicitly have so i have students play games that have like very tight wound economies. And as I was looking for games that, that met that, incremental games are one, um, but another is uh, tower defense games. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the, like at a formal level, it's, it's actually very hard to distinguish a, like an incremental game from a tower defense game in that they, they're both about your matching inputs and output. Like you have these, um, you know, in a, in a tower defense game, you have these these hit points uh, are coming at you and you are trying to find numbers that are higher than them, mm -hmm. <laughs> basically, like yeah. uh, and, and, and you're doing this stuff. And it's like uh, you 
but like the the they look very different um uh, and, and but in a tower defense game really looks like a game game like it there's no question that it's you're making decisions and and there's strategic play and and, and all this stuff it's you know it's uh, it's definitely a game um but the the actual like method of play and the kind of decisions you're making in the in the way that you're making those decisions and in the order that you make them is like exactly the same as this as this other thing uh, it's just that the um yeah, some of the some of that stagecraft is different. Um, and I actually totally agree with you about the setting. Be like, I'm really, uh, yeah, the like the kind of like fantasy parody. Um, I'm just, uh, I'm I'm kind of a, like a, a snob about humor. So like, mm. I, I like wrote a humor magazine in college, and and it like ruined jokes for me for for mm. life. Like, and and like most parodies of of fantasy settings, I find is very like yes, like. There are a lot of tropes you can yeah. make fun of and stuff, and it just it just kind of wears thin uh, pretty quick. And well, so, yeah, a lot maybe... of them are just like uh, like a referential peekaboo, you know, like right, you right, know right. this thing, right? This is a thing you know. There's another thing, conceptual right, peekaboo. Right. Right. Whereas, and that's, I think, what makes things like uh, Universal Paperclips or um, Space Plan, you know, sort of stand out. Or a, a game uh, that that um, I've been I've been um, working working with um, with a uh, the folks who make um, cells cells to singularity is an incremental game that's like a tree of life themed. I'm I'm just doing economy uh, balancing. Uh, so 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 my my uh, inner my uh, I'm not I'm not a I'm not like oh that's my that's my game. I'm I'm work, working in a very small small way for them. Sure. Um, uh, but uh, the the theme is like a uh, it has like a, a metafiction like it, it's like a you it's like a computer that's running simulations of the world and like that's and that like that's why it's an incremental game like it it, it has a um hmm. it has like a narrative justification for nice. like the way that you're playing it and even that makes it like immediately tips it over into like oh yeah this is like a cool like it's it's not just like um a bunch of bag of tropes uh with with numbers um so i i'm actually i'm I I was expecting to convince you of something, but I think you've now convinced me uh, that like uh, that the that the even though I've been I've been I've been really liking criminal games for their uh, some of their abstract qualities that yeah they're, they're the, the the veneer that that stagecraft um, yeah really matters uh, so it's an important part of the experience as well uh, that I, I maybe uh, was inclined to discount but I, I think is absolutely true. All right. Well, we're just about out of time, but I want to hear uh, if you could if you could tell me some games that you happen to be playing now. If you are playing any games, um, yeah. rattle off a couple of names and tell me what you think are cool about them. I've been so. I I normally try to have like a really wide. Um, I try to try to play a lot of different kinds of games and, and things like that. Um, but the I mean we're yeah like well, over a year into the into the pandemic and, and I and I just like feel increasingly um, like I just don't have the the mental there's a there's a there's a mental cost to playing a new game because you have to learn its new systems mm-hmm. and I, I don't and I feel I feel like I'm you know they're, I'm, I'm, they're close to canceling my game designer card because I just like I look at all these and I'm just like I just don't have the the yeah. kind of the mental energy to like learn how you want me to play you. Yeah. Um, so what I've been falling back on is like a, our uh, like so my I guess my kind of my comfort food games sure. are like I really like uh, building building games and simulations and, and things like that that I like even if I don't know how they how it in particular is played I kind of know the cadences of mm-hmm. it um, and uh, so so 
I, yeah, I've been working through like lots of um, like, I don't know, some city builders and, and things like that in that vein. But the one I'm playing, something I'm playing right now is called um, shapes.io, hmm. shapes with a Z. Um, and it's not, I don't know that it has a website. I don't know that it's actually at shapes.io. It's, okay. it's, it's on Steam. It's a really, yeah, the branding is, is, a, little, is a little strange. Um, but it's basically, you know, Factorio. Um, yeah. have, have you played Factorio? Sure. So, so that was like my month two of the pandemic uh, uh, game to get back into. So, mm-hmm. it's in Factorio. I love. I, I think that there's there's so much interesting stuff going on there. But it's a bit of like a shaggy dog. Like it, mm. it it's a uh, it's it's just got so much stuff, and it takes forever to get into. And like. Um, uh, Shapes.io, the developer is, uh, it's a, I, th- I think, a single designer, um, and is explicitly like was like I think there might be two people I, I forget um, uh, is explicitly inspired by Factorio and like wanted to make the simplified abstract version of it. So it's a so it's it's really fascinating. Ah. It's it's a it's a it's like a abstracted version. Of, so you make these little factories um, that are, are making shapes. Like you, you can cut and rotate and color shapes and you're trying to get inputs and outputs. And then it, it plays just like the, the factory building parts of Factorio, but it's gotten rid of like, there's no resource system. Like you can't like ever not build something like you. So it's like, it's, I, I think it's really fascinating for being just about this one thing that's hmm. like, uh, and, and I really love it because the game that I played just before it uh, was uh, called Mindustry, um, like industry with an M on it, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a similar, uh, similar genetic history. It's uh, I don't know if it's exactly, if it's explicitly um, inspired by Factorio, but it feels like it. it's a simplified, um, but retains the tower defense aspect of Factorio. So you're in, in Mindustry, you're building these little factories factories to uh in order to get these um turrets going like you're trying to feed all sorts of inputs into the turrets so that they can defeat the monsters um and and you do that over and over again build these elaborate factories um and and it's like oh wow this is such an interesting distillation of what's interesting to play about factorio and then this this uh, but then it's like oh no there's more that you can strip away (laughs) you can Mm. you can actually get rid of the monsters entirely and still have this uh still have this interesting game um and i just think all of that is like uh it's like it's kind of like it's the kind of game that i can play while watching tv sort of thing like it's mm-hmm. not too um too uh demanding you know, cognitively yeah like it, there's no there's nothing to read like it's not it doesn't have yeah. a kind of a you know uh, so that that's been about where my kind of like mental level is um uh, uh these days um but uh uh yeah so that that's my that's my current current uh, current games i'm playing cool well, awesome. I'm going to take a look at that. And I'm definitely going to take a look at that uh, that mathematician guy. I got him open. Uh, the arithmetic book looks really cool. Um, what's his name? Paul Lockhart. Yeah, yeah I'm going to check Paul him out. Paul Lockhart. Um, definitely. Yeah, definitely a cool. Yeah. Arithmetic measurement is the other is the other book that, I, that I've got. And then his um, his main essay, Lockhart's Lament. Or, or, mathematicians. or mathematicians lament yeah. um you can i think is available online somewhere like it's just a it's just a essay um yeah, and that that cool. i think is is definitely definitely worth reading um but yeah thank Keith, thank you so much for for having me having me on um really great to to talk to you i did oh well maybe in a in a future episode i do want to the, another thing i want to sell you on is um uh, on, is is simulation games and, and like toys in your mm. in your hierarchy of forms? Mm-hmm. I I want to I want to I want to like I want to I want to uh, sell you on them actually being strategy games and ha- and having choices. But it's a it's a 
in, in another in another time. But that's yeah, that's no, something I want let's, to talk let's, to you about. Yeah, let's let's do that for sure. I I I wish I like I that you were talking about Factorio and all those games and I you know I played Dwarf Fortress and I mm-hmm, I have great mm-hmm, appreciation mm-hmm. for those. Um and uh even uh, Crusader Kings uh things oh, like yeah. that. Oh yeah. It's um, one of my favorite games of all time. I appreciate that. Like and I I've been I play them sometimes, but I just I need a match structure and I'm not exactly <laughs> a hundred percent sure i could talk a little bit about it but like yeah that's my that's my problem with them is like i'm like i'm sort of you know emergently coming up with what i want to be doing like what figuring yeah, yeah. and so uh, yeah there's an uncomfortable place there that that i get to that i yeah we, we we should talk about that more next time yeah 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 definitely um uh but yeah it's just so so great uh uh thanks thanks a lot for for having me